Welcome to the Inspired Wild Podcast. I'm Trevin. I'm here in the truck. If you uh, you hear the background noise, it's us uh, actually driving west, heading back home. But uh, we got uh, busy and weren't able to bring you updates daily. So we need to catch you up to speed on our Kentucky adventure with the Tackett family. Uh, Tanner is with me sitting in the passenger seat. And uh, Garrett is in the back seat working, multitasking really, I think that's the best way to say it. Tanner's on his phone, probably texting somebody about mule deer. <laughs> so let's take it back. Um, our last podcast, we kind of uh, caught, caught up on uh, Kelly's first, first uh, interaction with a bull bugling pretty close, and that was exciting. And, of course, uh, we had talked about my encounter with the bull that we nicknamed Old Greg um, that uh, I ranged at 32 yards, yet he was 45, and I... Sh- Whiff? Sh- Is that whiffed. a good... Yeah. <laughs> Strike? I guess that's what you would say. The weather um, got worse. Uh, it, we literally had, uh, the day after that happened, we had a solid day of rain to where, I, what do we, probably got an inch and a half that day, yeah. I, I would say. It, was, it wasn't a downpour, but it was solid all day long. And uh, it's crazy. We uh, actually got a little stir-crazy there in camp, didn't we? Yeah, and we jumped in the side by side just to kind of go look at some country, put our put our uh, rain rain gear on, and and drove around with Todd, and it was amazing the amount of deer we saw. Yeah, lots of deer moving, but we didn't. The elk in Kentucky do not like uh, do not like that rain, and uh, so we kind of that kind of put us back another day. Uh, I think that ended up being four or five days worth of rain but we did have a pretty good forecast in the in the future and um and that put us in a situation with um with trying to to get to hopefully the bulls with the with the weather clearing off we were really really hoping the bulls are going to start getting vocal yeah and it didn't really happen um we did have a few bulls answer um, well, when the weather cleared off, uh, we, I think we, that, that, uh, next morning we went out with, uh, Kelly and Todd and, um, did not have an encounter and they had to go back, um, take care of some stuff and they were going to come back. And, uh, so we were going to basically get the day to hunt by ourselves and uh, with the with the weather being nice we decided we'd go prospecting Garrett talk talk to us about the little bet you and I had oh this was uh, middle of the day <clears throat> it was hot humid sunny and that morning I think we all kind of had the thought that once the weather was going to break it was going to be like a light switch Right. And, you know, the heavens were going to let light in and there was be there would be bulls everywhere. Angels and, and singing. Exactly. 
and that absolutely did not happen. So I think all of our uh, anticipation was kind of crushed after the first, you know, going through that morning and not having anything respond and, and really no plays. And middle of the day, we're walking out to one last spot. What what time was it? Like noon or yeah, something? I mean, like it was literally twelve thirty. Yeah, right. And uh, <clears throat> we knew a, we knew a, a bull had been in this area previously, just because of the rubs on the trees. And so before we walked in there, uh, knowing Tanner was going to do some of the calling, Trev and I made a bet that if Tanner could get a bull to answer us, uh, let's see, Trev, you chose that a bull would answer I, I, I was a team player I and said, I chose I chose Tanner I said no way I didn't have any confidence no in Tanner in me at none, all. none. Um, and there was no real reputation repet, what am I trying to say there no real proof in the past couple weeks that Tanner knew what he was doing yeah so, no history <laughs> yeah. no history wow. there's no yeah, experience thanks, guys. At all. yeah just to uh, deflate your ego I'm, I'm a just gonna bit just jump out I think here so anyway, so I bet against Tanner. Trev bet for Tanner. And uh, the loser of the bet had to make second breakfast later that day or That's later right. on in the hunt. And Tanner proved his worth that day. We got out on the point there. Tanner let a bugle rip. And right across the ridge, not too far as a crow flies, maybe 400 yards, 500 yards, a bull responded from his bed, which to us, I think, was all just amazing. And we, we were I mean, so excited. We finally had something to do other than drive around, you know, on, <laughs> on or, the side by side. And I understand that on this day, we couldn't even take a nap because it was hot enough. Our tent was not unlike a Indian sweat lodge. <laughs> yeah, so, what you guys don't know about that is that I actually have a special... Uh, diaphragm that I use in situations like that and I did get that out it's a white Phelps amp uh, with a bent frame <laughs> <laughs> and it's just it's money in those those uh, fourth quarter situations those buzzer beaters so and this is last, odd stacked. last day of archery season right middle of the day last day of the archery season was it or, uh, yeah or, or I is think that Friday yeah I think it was. And then, yeah, that's right. And then we, uh, that's right. Well, so we're we're pretty excited because, you know, I mean, wanting to to kill something with, well, archery tackle. <laughs> um, that was basically going to be our last hurrah. And understand this, it wasn't like we hadn't been hunting hard. We just hadn't had opportunities because the rain had literally kept us in camp. Because we we couldn't run we couldn't run the video cameras we couldn't run the you know the cameras in that equipment mm-hmm. and the digital equipment in the, in the rain because here it's a little different than out west in the fact you don't just have rain you also have humidity yeah. And so, you know, it could be 10 o'clock in the morning and it just be foggy, just everything just drenched. Um, so. Yeah, there's a portion of the morning. It's usually not right off the bat. It has to warm up a little bit. But there's a portion of a morning where, you know, we really can't do much with the cameras. They're basically useless because the lens gets so fogged over. It's just a horrible image. 
and you know we're just kind of struggling to to do much at that point yeah so we made a plan we pulled out our onyx found exactly where we thought he was and really we it wasn't like it was oh let's drive down this road it was okay we got to go to this road and then hike over um which doesn't sound that big of a deal when you're hunting elk oh yeah we'll go over here we'll hike down this ridge and get to him but again going back to what we've said in prior podcasts on the kentucky elk it's not that simple because unless you have an old logging road or something like that you're not going to walk through yeah i mean elk don't walk through they <laughs> situations where especially in years past i had elk at 20 yards they wanted to come to me i wanted them to come to me and they couldn't get to me so we had to figure a way to get from point a to point b and it just so happened it went up and over um kind of onto a bench yeah and then up and over what i like to refer to as briar knob (laughs) (laughs) which is every knob which is pretty much every knob in kentucky and uh and then there was some timber on this backside, and that's where we thought he was and we 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 were close we were yeah we figured we'd be fairly close yeah Um, we were hoping to get on the same elevation on the hill as him but with the wind in our favor yeah it didn't work out like that <laughs> i think there was a really good reason that he bet it there yeah well and we popped over and me being the stealthy critter that i am i fell into the timber <laughs> stumbled stumbled into the timber and looked up and he's standing there and he does not stand there very long <laughs> and he is gone and canner called right away um he did he paused and and you know kind of i could hear him down there and then he just walked off yeah he wasn't having it so that was a little disappointing i will say that and then we had kelly and todd coming back and we were going to hunt that evening um which we went back out on that same ridge where we had had or we had seen uh those bulls uh, and cows they would work down this ridge to an opening uh, on a knob down at the very point and uh, we were just going to get out there and sit and uh, we got out there and um, I made a horrible decision um, basically I this knob it, it, it's a saddle and we pop out down this ridge. We come down this old road, and we get to the top of this ridge. And then there's this nice, beautiful saddle. And then on the other side, this opening. I, I mean, I I don't know what to call it. it. I guess it would be what you would refer if you're looking at elk feeding. It looks like an opening. It's cerise up to about your waist, but yeah. you know, it's it's where they're kind of feeding through. And um. Well, it's about 100, 120 yards shot 
to the saddle so I dropped us off and if anybody who's ever hunted knows what a thermal is you would think I would know but apparently I don't because I put I dropped us off and got above that sat uh, <clears throat> excuse me got above that saddle and when and it's just that time of night that golden time beautiful and what does the wind do hits us in the back of the neck and I look at Tanner Tanner just shakes his head hangs his head and just shakes it like <laughs> what were you thinking and I'm pretty fr- I was pretty frustrated at myself for for having put us in that situation you know last last opportunity f- with bow hunting uh, you know rifle season is the next day which that's fine but I really wanted to have an opportunity with a bull on a you know another bull after missing old Greg uh, with my bow so um, we basically turned around and uh, I did the walk of shame back to the side by side yeah and I think I don't think that that the bull the elk that had been hanging out there were in there uh, so it probably didn't really make a difference but yeah it just wasn't wasn't a good good play and we were just broadcasting scent through there yeah which is we knew we knew that that was going to be an opportunity for a rifle if they maintain that pattern we were going to be able to pop over there and and it'd be an easy 150 yard shot yeah um well, I say easy, but, you know, relatively close. So, that takes us to day two, or day, uh, day one of Rifle. You want to wanna tell us what happened there? Oh, uh, well, we went actually down the same ridge, um as the night before the last night of archery we went down that ridge snuck down the top um the elk had been we'd we'd see we'd seen them popping out um on that little face multiple times on the other side of that saddles in the morning um so we uh got in position there worked down in there and didn't hear any bugles and then Pretty soon we hear a bull uh, t- on the next ridge over uh, bugle, and so then we're kind of like, "Well, crap, we got the elk are over on this other ridge now." And there's no way really to get from uh, here to there, and it's too far to shoot. So we started glass on the other side, and I finally I picked up an elk. I don't know if it was a cow or a bull going through a little opening. Um, and basically spent a good portion of the morning kind of just trying to glass that ridge, which is almost impossible in Kentucky. But uh, Yeah, it's just so much cover. And uh, you're looking... You know how in timber in the west, you'll have three or four, maybe five holes in the, in the timber... Yeah. Especially in beetle kill areas, you can see a lot. But in even in dark timber, you'll have a little spot here. And then, well, it's not like that in Kentucky. No. Unless there's a power line or an old road, it's pretty much overgrown. Yeah, and the one elk that I saw was on an old, 
old road that headed to a power line. Um, and there's a power line further down the ridge that they were headed towards and then never ended up uh, popping out on that. So we had a fairly good idea of where they were going to bed. Um, we weren't really sure which side of that ridge they would be on, but we knew they'd be close in there. So that gave us a, a good starting point for the evening hunt. Yeah, I did. And that's always nice to know number one there's elk in here and let me just reiterate this fact i think we all can agree with this garrett chime in if you feel differently in kentucky when you see elk go into an area as long as they're not boogered which really we were the only ones hunting they're gonna be there or relatively close to there they don't travel miles like other elk in the west sometimes will do um, these elk will go and they'll feed and if they're on a ridge most likely they'll be on that ridge later that afternoon you know all of that stuff so we were pretty sure that we had elk bedded on that ridge and it's very it's it's a comforting thing to know we have a place or a plan for the afternoon yeah versus well we got to go find some elk right so um, we knew they were there So that afternoon, we we went in there, and Garrett, talk us through how how that set up. We walked quite a ways that time. I think we uh, <clears throat> maybe all in the back of our minds kind of knew that if we tried to drive in there too far, that that just wasn't going to work out well. And so we walked a good, almost a mile, mile and a half in there. And Tanner, did you even make a noise? Did you bugle? I don't think anything? you did. I think he, the, the bull bugled right on his own. Yeah. And uh, which is ideal. I mean, I think that's what we kind of all dream of uh, in going into a situ situation like that where he has no idea that we're there. Now, and this is Kelly, Todd, you, Tanner, and myself. Yeah. There's five of us trying to get in yeah, so position on there's this. There's a lot of noise. There's a lot of uh, a lot of scent. Yeah. Um, it's 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 difficult. Um, so go ahead. And we uh, we had to guess a little bit because, like you'd mentioned before, you can't just go out on a ridge and expect to have an opening to either glass or to get a shot off it's so thick that that just isn't a possibility and we knew that there was an old road of some type that kind of ran down a ridge and i think that was a really good starting point to go down and once we dropped into that road I think he sounded off a second time, or maybe this was the third time. At that point, we had a really good idea that he was below us. And that's when, you know, you could kind of tell everyone's attitude changed a little bit. Like, okay, no no more talking loud, no more just, you know, walking at normal pace. Everyone slowed down, got real serious about what was going on. And I think there was a ton of anticipation at that point that something's going to happen pretty quick here. And I was kind of out in front. Um trying to set the pace so that we would maintain a good slow pace um, this road is it's an old two track kind of eroded there's some pretty good ruts in there 
um, from from you know rain and washouts and stuff like that. And it's overgrown again with that cerisa, that 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 tall, slippery. Um, golly, it's, it's just a, a, a mat. It's it's yeah, it's just matted. literally a mat that you're. So we're trying to walk through this without number one falling because <laughs> it wraps around your ankles, but two, not trying to slip and kick a rock or you know uh, get your foot caught and snap a branch. So we're trying to do that. But the wind is not perfect. It was, again, getting closer to that time when we know the thermals are changing, but we had just enough of a cross. It was going literally at our back, but it was going to the left, and he sounded like he was on the right side of the ridge as we walked down it. Yeah. Would you you agree with that? So that he was... uh, The ridge kind of ran... Uh, north to south and so we were and so we were starting in on the north side headed south and then I think they came up from the west side so the west side was still getting a little bit of sun and it was I think kind of taking our wind over from the west to the east Mm -hmm. and dropping because the east side was a steep uh, slope with a lot of a lot of shade on there so I think it was kind of uh, pulling it that way a little bit so, as we worked around the corner, uh, who saw the cows first? I'm pretty sure Todd did. I mean, Todd was, I think, on the left side of the two track, and all of us were on the right side, and that was that gave him just enough of an angle to kick out. Because it did turn. The, the road turned yeah. just a little bit. Exactly. But I think at this point, I had bugled at that bull once. I bugled at him from the top. And he had responded. Yes. And and he actually sounded maybe like he was coming. I mean, not like he was uh, the coming. The first time he bugled, he sounded like he was off the ridge, on, right. one, on the side of the ridge. And then I think I bugled at him. And then the next time he sounded like he was on top of the ridge, just right, right below us. Right. So we've got Todd with uh the shooting sticks for kelly we've got i'm uh, let me back up so what rifle did we bring (laughs) we didn't we didn't even bring a rifle so i've got a paul who is todd's dad we call him paul um he brings us his seven millimeter mag every year and with landon uh in 2016 when he shot his bull I borrowed it and immediately shot another one because <laughs> again I didn't take a rifle um, last year Ashton shot his and I brought pause and shot another bull not at the same time like I did Lannon's but the next morning or actually no later that evening yeah that evening and then so I've I've got pause 7 mag and um, you know pretty excited uh, um, it's rifle season and and uh, you know uh, my heart is a little broken because I missed old Greg but uh, you know there's some other good bulls out there we know that so the main thing is the main uh, focus is getting Kelly set up relaxed and getting her a shot alright take it from there Tanner well so uh 
this actually may be better for Garrett because I could not see what was going on. Oh, that's true because you were <laughs> off. Well, why couldn't you see? I was. I stayed back a little bit to to call. And um, you act, and you were you were on the right side of the road, tucked up against the autumn olives. We were on the left side because again we could see just around that corner where those cows were feeding. Yeah. So go ahead, Garrett. <laughs> uh, I think Todd was able to sneak out far enough into the opening where he said after the fact that he thought one cow was looking up at him and I think we froze for a little bit she turned and went back to feeding but none of the other cows and how many cows were there a dozen I don't know if there was that that. many but I I saw three or four there was it seemed like there was kind of a mass of them they were all grouped together and uh, Todd was able to to sneak off to the left a little bit to get a good angle. He got Kelly next to him so that she would have a, you know, a clean line of shot down to where these cows are in case the bull had stepped out there. And the rest of us, Trev uh, and myself included, were able to slide over to the left and get a good angle at it too. And I think it's at this point, about the time that, Trev, maybe you were getting set up, and Kelly was already set up on the sticks that that bull stepped out yeah. into the opening and right. and, and it, it timed out almost perfectly and if you if you think about it um, that bull stepped out and he was 150 yeah to begin with yeah i agree with that um and uh, i'm i was at a little bit of a disadvantage because i could I, mean, I could see him when he first stepped out, but if he came to us, which he ended up, uh, Tanner started calling, and he, and he, you know, the old throw the lure out there and and start the, you know, bringing it back in, it worked perfect. I mean, yeah. ideally, but I was going to lose him as soon as he started coming to us, um, which is okay, but in a situation if, you know, something happens and, and you know, I wanted to be there for for Kelly. Okay. At some point, he... Let's see, he didn't... Kelly wasn't comfortable with the shot, or or there was something going on that triggered Tanner to to try to draw him closer to us. And I I forget kind of how that happened. That one really quick. As my memory serves, you just set up... you. You bugled, and he bugled back and just started walking towards us. Yeah, and I raked, and uh, he... Yeah, well, that didn't happen quite yet. What happened is he came up um, because I lost complete sight of him because of that one corner bush. Yeah. But he was still coming, and he came up to a small... I don't remember what it was, and he went to town on it. Mm-hmm. He started... And you bugled at him and then you just went and just started thrashing that bush yeah and that boom set him off yep and here he came not at a trot nothing like that but he walked around that corner and um and i think that gave us 120 130 yard shot something like that so and kelly's sitting down i think she was sitting down or was she kneeling but she's on shooting sticks because you have to get high enough out of the Cerisa to even get a clear shot. And that Cerisa is, like I said, waist high almost. Um, 
and she's not experienced. Yeah. Is is that a honest assessment? Yeah, no. I mean, she'd never been in a situation like that. This is her first hunt. I don't even know how much she's shot a rifle before. Yeah. That's a high stress, high stress situation for. I mean, it's high stress for you. I've been hunting a long time. It it's really high stress if it's your first time. Right. You got a big, big bull uh, bugling at you. What did you think uh, when you first saw that bull, Tanner? I mean, we had been hearing this uh, rumor of this huge bull in the area. Yeah. um, I mean, I didn't... I think I had bugled at him once or twice, and then you guys were still kind of scrambling to get set up, and I just... I kind of, I kind of took a step, a couple steps to the left, and I, I kind of, I thought I stepped too far. I could see cows and stuff, and so I, I froze, pulled up my binos, and I saw him walking towards us, and I could just tell he was big, big, and that's, I mean, that's all I needed. I looked at him for probably a second and put my binos back and jumped back into the bushes, basically, uh, to keep calling, try to keep him keep them coming so and I you were about what 20 yards behind us 30 yards behind us yeah something like and that and then off again to the right side of the trail yeah but he's he was big enough to where i didn't need <laughs> much time to 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 uh look at him to know that so yeah yeah so he starts coming uh, I'm trying to draw a, a mental picture for the for the people listening. He's walking up a trail. We're above him. We've got some elevation on him. Sitting on the left-hand side of this two-track in waist high, you know, weeds. And um, he walks around the last bush. And honestly, I just had his head. And there was a hole in the shrubbery. Um, that I could see his body, but I could see his head. Well, Kelly being to the left had a good broadside shot. Yeah. And boom. And he wheels. And in that moment, you know, you like to think, oh, I could I could hear that bullet hit, make impact. But you know what? Honestly, it's easier to hear hear a bullet make impact when you're further away from the actual shot yeah. than it is when you're there right by the, the muzzle or right by the, the shooter. Yeah, especially when the bull is closer right. like that. Right, know. when you don't have that 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 distance. Because it's going to be making that sound basically while the gun's going off, so it's kind of it's hard to tell. And, Garrett, you're back behind us, set up, tripod, uh, you were actually higher than me because you uh, explain your setup as far as how you were filming. Yeah, I had a, on a tripod that was about four and a half feet up, which is a uh, higher elevation than all of you guys. So I kind of actually had a pretty good view of the whole thing and could watch it through the monitor. Uh, I, I didn't have very good audio, though, because one of the things we learn real quick <laughs> as a cameraman is when a guy's going to shoot his rifle, you take your headphones off. 
because that's loud. That's really <laughs> loud. Uh, but when she shot, he uh, he wheeled around, but he didn't run off very far. He, it's almost like he, he didn't know what was going on at that point. He's confused. Uh, the cows, on the other hand, they bolted right off the, as soon as that first shot rang out. Uh, he started walking almost directly away from us at that point, I think going back towards the cows. And uh, at that point, all you can hear is uh, reloading, you know, shell getting jacked out and a new one put back in as Kelly's trying to reacquire that bull as he's walking away. And she, uh, as he's walking away, she made a good shot. Yeah, she did. Um, it was yeah. the only shot she had. Again, she's above him, so she shoots down right near the spine, and, I mean, he humped up right away. Mm -hmm. And that's not one of those shots that you would ever advise a new hunter to take if that was the first shot they were ever going to take. But because we thought that she had made a good shot on the first, on the first shot, if that elk and, and Tanner had reiterated this point a lot... If that elk is still standing, you're taking as many shots as you can until you put him down. And uh, and Kelly did that. I think she she fired that shot when that bull was walking away. Um, that was one that I could see real clear on the monitor and um, put that, I think, r uh, about dead on, about as good as you could for that angle. Right. And, yeah, you could see the, the rear end of that bull drop down when that shot rang out. Right. Right. And then he 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 even moved off a little bit further and then turned broadside and kind of swung his head around like he was like you know I don't know uh, trying to you see animals sometimes try and pull an arrow out of themselves you know that's kind of like what he was doing a little bit. Yeah, he He's, just was kind of licking, trying to lick back there, that sort of thing. Yeah. Right, and then. In a situation like that, we've got what we think is two rounds in a bull, and so I actually did shoot um, that last time, and um, just to put, you know, again, shoot till he's down um, type of thing, and, um, you know, that was, in my opinion, that was, that was Kelly's bull. Yeah. But I didn't, we didn't want... To get in a situation where we had where we lost him, uh, you know, uh, or he's wounded and, and you know we we don't find him and he goes bad or something. So um, I had a tag in my pocket and uh, you know it's legal and so anyway, I did take the shot and uh, I hit him back. Um, it looked like from the video. Yeah. Uh, I, now by now I am literally offhand holding the gun, uh, the rifle because I've moved over to get a better vantage point of after she hit that bull of where where he is to keep eyes on him and see, you know, as, as they were reloading the gun to see if I could uh, acquire him again. Um, well, the bull walks off, which was kind of, it was kind of weird. It was kind of like they just stopped shooting. Yeah. And... I don't know if they thought he was going to go down right there um, or what, but I remember Todd said something like, yeah, that's good. You're good. You're good. Like, don't, you know, mm -hmm. and so he walked 
over the edge of the knob there's a there's a power line there and disappeared and I feel like the next thing I did was a mistake um, we were excited we knew for sure that she hit him hard that second shot um, and I uh, so we kind of started to move down the hill. Well, uh, this is all kind of a, in a haze for me. D didn't we move down the hill, and uh, we looked over and saw those cows? Yeah, we heard cows blow out below us, so we we didn't know if the bull was if it was the bull. So we we uh, stood there, and the some cows ended up popping out in a clearing below us. And Trev, when you and I were going down there right before we saw the cows i think that's just from us walking and we were walking fairly fairly quickly we saw blood splattered uh on the weeds oh right like, yeah a, like a good like good like, paintbrush like, type yeah, like an artery yeah. had burst and it was like you know spurting out uh, out of his side uh, and so i think between seeing that and knowing that there was a good shot that Kelly had made, you know, maybe more than that, maybe two or three good shots. Um, I think at that point, I I got the impression that you were trying to get a, another follow-up shot on him. Yeah, is that, I, is that I, correct? You know, this this ridge is open, but you take a step five feet off of that top of that ridge, and you're right back into the thick stuff. Yeah, and so. For what I was thinking was, yeah, if he's hurting, if he's in a situation where he's struggling, but he's still on his feet, I was going to put another round in him. Right. Um, and, but the old adage, wait 30 minutes. I don't care if, unless you see him fall, wait 30 minutes. I, I just think it's a good, it's good to do. Heck, maybe maybe even wait two hours. Now, time of night. Right now, we are losing light. Yeah. Quickly, and um, you know this is has happened at at the end of the evening. So we decide, or I decide, I'm going to go over, and um, we go past that blood, and I drop into this little set. Actually, it's just. It got really thick there, and I kind of fight my way through the briars. Some cows on my right blow out, and I can't see anything there. But the blood shows he went to the left. Yeah. So I, what we walk around, uh, I go up, I'm looking, and I, I, you were with me, weren't you? We both yeah. stepped into that timber on that yeah. left side, and it exploded. Yeah, there's a bunch. Well, and I don't know that they blew out of there that hard. I I watched a bunch, uh, but there was a just a bunch of cows kind of standing right at the edge of that timber where we walked in, and I think I think I did see the bull looking back, but I couldn't tell it was a bull at the time. Um, and they all kind of jumped, and then a couple of them even stood there for a minute because I cow called at them, and they didn't have wind on us at that point. And uh, so I cow called at them and they kind of just milled around and then I watched them hit an old road bed and just kind of side hill off to the left up the up the draw. 
Now, the, how far is it from the top of that ridge down to that old roadbed, would you say? Um, well, probably 80 yards downhill. But it's pretty steep. It's pretty steep, yeah. Right. And um, it is now pretty much dark. Yeah, especially in those trees. Yeah, in those a, trees, it's pitch black. Yeah, got and we get our head, we get our headlamps out, and um, Tanner's telling me to keep it between the lines, between the mayonnaise and the mustard. <laughs> and uh, we, get, I'm getting excited. I'm, tell, I'm talking about <laughs> this it's a story. I like it. Uh, we get our headlamps out, and we get on some blood. And what did Todd want to do? Uh, Todd. Todd definitely wanted to uh, track it out and uh, see where the blood went, which, you know, I think is what he's used to doing. But it's, uh, he's also used to shooting deer mostly, so deer, I would say, much less tough than elk. Yeah, yeah, I, uh, yeah. So... I'm kicking myself, thinking we've pushed, you know, it's always always harder to find pushed elk um, after after you got him wounded. And if we would have backed out of there after the shot, I mean, I'm, I'm thinking, okay, he, he would have bedded right here. We could have come back in in a couple hours. He'd be laying there dead. Instead, now we've got a blood trail. So, Garrett, do you remember who made the decision? I... I Maybe it was all of us kind of together, putting our heads together to say, hey, let's pull out of here and um, go look at the footage. Yeah, I think because it was so dark in the timber, we realized there was no chance at a follow-up shot. And what what was the point at that, you know, at that junction of going in there after him and, you know, maybe bumping him again, but not being able to put another round in. Plus, we couldn't even see blood. I mean, I mean, yeah. I couldn't at least. You can't see blood in the daylight. <laughs> That's colorblind, mother. <laughs> Actually, you can. It's just that it's got to be a certain shade to catch your eye. Um, Tanner has a rare, actually a rare condition <laughs> called no tracking, no blood tracking itis. I just should kill him right there. Is how I usually do it. But no, I mean, you can it, do it how you want, Trev. He's got this. Uh, <laughs> he's got just enough of a of a color blindness I don't know what it's called I can yeah I can see colors but it's hard to, uh... here's a great example Phelps makes a black reed and they make a dark green reed and we were talking one day in the office I was talking about the different sounds and the different tones of these two and he's like that's the same reed and I'm like no it's not this is green because <laughs> no it's not it's black and I pull out my black one and put it side by side he could notice a difference if they were side by side but if they weren't side by side, he could, he thought it was black. Yeah. So, uh, boy, that was a rabbit trail. Yeah. All right, uh, back on. So we back out. We go back to the office and we look at the footage. Sure enough, uh, it's confirmed. The one we're, we're pretty sure she missed on the first shot, even though you know it was close. It was exciting. It was all of that first initial um, excitement. That the other shot. When he's walking away, of course, boom, you could you see that. And uh, and then 
we were pretty sure he was hit one more time. Yeah. So the plan is, and we are literally uh, pushing every button we can to get them to push it to the morning because uh, part of it's a little selfish on our part because Kelly was tired and she was not going to go out there and track that bull all night long. She was going to go to bed. And I'm like, we can't go out there without Kelly. And if we find it, we got to have her there to, you know, for pictures and, you know, just the, the whole capturing the adventure. And talk. I, I mean, that's true, but we we wouldn't have been able to track him. Anyway. Well, we couldn't have. And, no way. And from looking at the footage, with only one shot that. Uh, was it looked to be a good angle, but it just wasn't. It wasn't like it was, uh, no doubt, double long heart shot. It was. It was still. It was a hard quarter um, from above him. It just. It, he just needed to. He needed time. Right. Yeah. So, we made that decision. Um, decided we'd get up and go get on that bull in the morning. And so that's what we did. We, we, we uh, went out, we glassed around a little bit, first light. Sorry, that was a big <laughs> yawn. Um, you'll, if you keep listening to the podcast, you'll understand why I'm yawning. But uh, we glassed around a little bit uh, just to see what was out and about. And then uh, we, we actually went and grabbed uh, Jack, uh, who is Todd's cousin, and and again Mike or Paul, who is uh, Todd's dad, and here we go, big old group, off into the wild blue yonder. And we, at that point, we'd looked at the maps just to see, hey, is there a better way we can get to this? And we hadn't found anything. So we did the same thing we except that we this time we went ahead and drove down to the point and got on the blood trail and Garrett uh, you stayed on that blood trail pretty much all the whole time Tanner and I were kind of doing the old button hooking ahead trying to to see if we could get embedded and then I'd put another shot in him and um, you know, or, or or find him dead. You, it, that was difficult. When when it hit the roadbed, it took you guys a while to figure out which direction he went. It did, and uh, Tanner had made this point after the fact uh, when he was running down that ridge. It was that you know, it was very steep. It was uh, a lot of times we were sliding down it as we'd lose our footing, and I think he was traveling down that ridge so fast that the distance between blood drops is just exaggerated that much more. And so, you know, to find the, the trajectory that he was going on was, was very difficult to do. Uh, and it was just a little drop here, a little drop there. It was pretty sparse. And we spent what I thought was, was a long time trying to find the trajectory after he first, you know, bombed down that ridge. I don't know if it was maybe 45 minutes before we kind of figured out that he had made the road bed and which way he went. It, it took a while. And that's with, like you said, you, Trev, you and Tanner took off in one direction and, and Jack 
disappeared in another direction and we just kind of spread out and, and tried to find this, you know, initial track that he went on. Uh, but it, it, what happened was I think when he hit that roadbed and slowed down, then it became much more apparent where he was going and the blood sign was much more frequent. Yeah, but, but the blood you and I picked up on the ridge the very first, that was a lot. And we are now following pin drops. Yeah, that was, I don't know, Tanner, maybe you can speak to this with your experience as to how you have that much of a blood spray. I mean, it looks like, you know, someone had just taken, you know, like a water bottle full of blood and splashed it out on the weeds versus what we were seeing on the bottom of the ridge, which was just pin drops. Like, I I don't have enough experience to kind of explain why that happens. Yeah, and I'm not really sure on that either why there was so much initially and then it just closed off and it's not like it closed off after he bet or anything it was just kind of an initial uh you know a, a bunch of blood initially and then just within 20 yards right after he shot him it just reduced to almost nothing and i i don't know why yeah it because it, 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 he had not betted at this point you know we're probably by the at that roadbed, we're probably as a crow flies 100, 120 yards from where we shot him, and he is now walking down a road, uh, an old two-track road, um, and of course, of course, with all the rain, it wasn't hard to follow tracks. It's just that so many elk had walked this road. We had to have the blood to confirm it was him. You know, we had to have that to back us up. Yeah, and there was a big, a big track, um, and there's only one big track. But at, at times, there was too many cow tracks that had apparently come after him or over the top of his track um, in spots, and or he was in the grass or whatever. We didn't really leave a track, so it was hard to follow just a track. You'd get it here and there but it was easy to get off of it yeah and then um also what you've got is you got a creek at the bottom of this draw that we are now the road runs you know the length of the draw about halfway up and um and then there's all these little trails that drop off even lower into the draw yeah and it's got elk track on it too so again you guys were really being diligent to once we figured out he'd gone left there at the roadbed and we followed it and we were blood okay there's blood oh there's blood i mean that's always fun when you can go you know 40 yards at a quick pace because you're just looking and there's blood and then uh then you hit i remember the first trouble was that big muddy spot where I don't know if it was him that had laid down, but you could see the hair mm-hmm. in the mud where something had laid down there, um, and uh, no blood there, no blood there, and I walked up the road a ways thinking I was going to pick blood up, and I don't have the eyes that Todd and Garrett have for. Maybe I have a minute case of uh, blood trailing itis. What do you think about that, Tanner? 
I have maybe I have a small part of it because oh. I was having trouble picking up blood, and I can see good color. And Todd and Garrett were picking it up a lot better. Yeah, I don't know. I, I there's just people that I think it might be a patience thing for you. <laughs> good if, answer if you didn't say that Tanner I was going to say it <laughs> yeah. But I, I, yeah. I think we do have to point out also and Tanner had, Tanner had made a really good point while we were trailing him that if what are there seven of us yeah. out there at the time if we're all walking down this trail with our heads down looking at the blood more often than not he's going to be alive and bedded a hundred yards away Watch and no us. one's going to see it right. until it's too late and he's running away and <laughs> well, so we kind of had different roles at that point where you know t- t- uh, trev you still had a tag in your pocket so you were carrying a firearm with you it made sense for you to have your eyes up and scanning in right. front of us well there was three or four of us that were able to just follow the blood trail and kind of keep our heads down yeah, well, at one point I came up on the road and there's like four of you guys and you all have your noses in the mud walking forward and I'm like, well, what happens if the bull's right there, guys? He's going to jump up and get away. So, I yeah, Tanner a, loves um, to be the one to find down the animals and then come back and say, hey, guys, he's right here. <laughs> is this what the one looks like? Is this, is, this what, is this the one that you shot? There's a dead one right here. So, um, yeah, he loves to do that. So what we decided on was basically that I was going to be point, keeping my eyes forward, scanning. You know, if there was a trail that looked like he went down, I was going to work out, you know, 100 yards in front of you guys. And then if you guys found the blood trail went somewhere else, then I would come back and start from you guys and work out again ahead of you there. And we did that for another hour, hour and a half. Yeah, a while. A long while. So, let's talk about... And at one point, he had... So, he was on a a pretty straight track going down that road. And we lost blood. We all kind of spread out and we're looking in different directions. And, Trev, you found blood... At the edge. Yeah, like he had veered off to the right. And now he was heading back down down slope towards the creek and that kind of threw all of us in that direction and we all kind of that because we had lost top. we had completely lost blood so we had yeah. we kind of i kind of went back to you guys and um and i started kind of doing some uh, a little bit of circles out spiraling out and that's when i looked down and sure enough there there's a leaf and a drop of blood on it and uh yeah and we spent a lot, all of us, all of us went that direction. And we spent a lot of time looking down there. Uh, you know, there's three or four of us on hands and knees looking for blood to try to find his tra- uh, the trajectory that he went on. And Trev and Tanner, you guys bailed off and went all the way down into the creek bottom trying to find sign way down there. Yeah. And that was, that was a good 45 minutes we spent on that trajectory thinking that he went that way and at some point it was either kelly or todd i couldn't remember which but they had thought you know what what if he just kind of walked to the edge looked down or for some reason stopped but then went back and continued on his original path which was down the old logging road and so they extended further down the logging road and it was 
maybe 150 yards from where we had found that drop of blood that made it look like he was going down the ridge, they had found blood on the road. And that got us back on, on the path that he was actually And then actually you on. guys found quite a few, uh, like in yeah. succession. Yeah. Um, and uh, so at this juncture, I don't... I, I think Tanner and I, we're dropping down and we look across this draw and there's this grassy meadow. And Tanner looks at me and goes, man, why can't he just be bedded in that meadow? Dead, yeah. you know, or something. And I'm like, yeah. And we started following that road down and I'm looking at tracks and I'm looking at what I think is a pretty big bull track. Um, but again, like Tanner said, there's a lot of tracks over tracks and stuff like that. So. We follow this down, and the road kind of dead end, didn't it? Yeah. And but it went up and over, and there's this little slough and 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 uh, a place that looks like it would wallow, some some cover. And I'm thinking this would be a great place for a bull to go in there and bed and die. And so Tanner and I spent probably five ten minutes in there looking around, didn't see anything, didn't see any blood. So we started heading back. And at that point, we'd been gone from you guys, what, 30 minutes? Yeah, it was a while that you guys had moved off ahead. And during that time, uh, Jack had actually found where he did bail off the road. And he started heading down towards the creek bottom at that point. And Jack had keyed on something a little different. Oh, that's right. He had, so, Remember? Yep. He had uh, kind of figured that this bullhead... Like you had mentioned earlier, Trev rolled in the mud or had, you know, kind of splashed around in the mud or somehow picked up mud on his body. And Jack was actually keying in on this mud residue that was being left on the leaves about maybe two feet high, two and a half feet high. And when we would lose blood, Jack was looking for that. And that would kind of guide him in the right direction. And then he also noticed that he was favoring a side. And so one hoof was much deeper than the others like he had a pretty good limp yeah yeah and so he just started jack uh, i gotta give it to him uh he just literally started keying on finding that one deep track and um and that's i don't know if that helped him figure out where he bailed off it sure did and that's i mean that that's a good point you know you don't you don't think of that and you know to have kelly there who's a brand new hunter uh start to pick up on all those things that Jack was looking at, who's obviously pretty experienced. But you can track an animal, a wounded animal, a long ways and not have any blood. You just go off of these other key factors. And so that allowed Jack to track him all the way down to the creek bottom. You could see where he he tried to cross the creek and I think he jumped onto some rocks and had slipped and kind of made an impression and, and a bunch of blood had come out at that point and this was right at the meadow that you and tanner had looked down at previously and thought well what if he was just laying right down there how cool would that be and so that's the meadow that we were at at this point now um how are we doing on our timer just shy of a minute oh. or, sorry just shy of an hour okay good um I'm going to swap back kind of like a, a show where you go from one, one person's perspective to another. Um, so now we're walking back from our quest, Tanner and I, 
And I believe Tanner and I are, wouldn't you agree that we're pretty much thinking we're not going to find this bull? Yeah, it wasn't looking good at that point at all. Because we're getting, we're running out of that. I mean, that road ended a hundred yards after that meadow and it just it just turned into just thick nasty crap and it started going back uphill so i'm thinking like well if he made it to the end of this through this thick stuff and is headed uphill that's not a good how sign. far are we from where we shot him now oh i don't i don't know as far as how far he's went yeah i'm just wondering is quite it a ways, half mile um, or more i don't know I'd have to look. I, it was... It was a ways. It was a ways, for sure, especially for that country. So we're walking back kind of honestly with our heads held a little bit low, and uh, and we hear talking. Now, it's not, un, you know, it's not crazy to hear talking when you're communicating, hey, I got blood, you know, this and that. But it's also not because Paul, God bless him, has he talks in his outside voice when you should be whispering you know like you're trying to sneak up on a bull and he's just talking in and you know it's kind of funny there's there's a, a, a interesting uh, lack of concern <laughs> I don't I don't know how to say he's great but um, I could hear him talking and I'm like what is he saying why is he being so loud? I think is what I thought. Well, Tanner and I, they say, hey, oh, we're over here. And uh, we go across the creek and we walk right through that meadow and around the corner where the, the road actually picks back up. There, or another road comes down. I'm not sure if those ever connect. But, and the bull's laying dead there. Middle of the road. Everybody's around him. Um, uh, how long, Garrett, was it? Or, or talk us through you, how you guys actually found him. It was right after we had crossed the creek and we had saw that uh, the blood on the rock where he kind of fallen down and slipped. And Todd, I think, just naturally wanted to go up that road anyway. Like, that was the easiest corridor to go on. And as soon as he stepped around the corner... He looked up and, and the bull was better right there. And he's like, Todd's yelling, hey, he's right there. He's, I found him. He's ready. You know, he's right there. And what did you say? I hit, uh, so I hit record on the camera instantly trying to pick all this up. And my first thought was, well, is he right there alive? <laughs> is, is he right there? Are, are we guaranteed that this thing is dead? Like I'm, I'm thinking if we need to put another round in him, you know, get Kelly that gun and, and let her finish this thing off uh but i mean he was expired right there he had probably expired quite a few hours before that uh before we had found him but he was laying right there in the middle of the road and, and everyone's giving high fives and and todd gives kelly a hug and we're all walking up to it and i mean we've we've walked up to enough animals before to kind of know the excitement level but I mean, everyone was just elated at that point. And, you know, obviously the mood changed big time. And uh, I think Kelly was a little bit in shock of how big of a body it was. Like, and she had a fairly, fairly good idea of how, you know, what the antlers look like. But to walk up on her first elk like that. And Kelly was, is not 
big. She's uh, five two. Would you say? Five, yeah. Maybe five one. Long ways uh, down. One hundred and three <laughs> pounds. Yep. I mean, one hundred and five pounds, maybe. Um, and so she makes it look standing yeah. next to that. Yeah. She makes it look. And she's gigantic. just, you know, saying, I, "I can't believe this. This is so incredible." And I mean, she's got a pretty thick Southern accent. At least I think she does i mean it's just interesting to see the whole dynamic and and pa's giving her a high five and jackie's shaking her hand and you know every everyone is just super excited at that point and we did try to contact you guys i think we tried to yell uh apparently you didn't hear it um but it took but from the time that we found the bull to the time that you guys walked up was probably a good 25 minutes wow that we had been there already and 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 found him and you guys were just you know that far down the road in the opposite direction it took a while to, we were taking to get a, over there we were taking a nap <laughs> now so we should we show up and of course i am honestly i was overcome with emotion because for me this hunt it's more than just a hunt uh i've gotten to know the tackett family so well and i think I mean, I just feel like they're an extended family. It really, uh, or they at least make me feel like I'm an extended family. And um, they treat us so well. um, And we were hunting hard. I mean, we wanted her to have that opportunity. This was not anything I did. It wasn't anything Tanner did. It wasn't anything Garrett did. It was a culmination of the whole to to capture this adventure on film um and uh and so i was overcome with emotion and uh, a little bit teary-eyed there just in the thought of we found this bull and um yeah so walking up to it for me was surreal um, almost, almost dreamlike, um, especially coming from such a low that Tanner, you and I kind of had felt there. Just like, man, I just don't think we're gonna find this bull, and the, the agony there too. There he is. Yeah. And he was so much more than than you can expect. I mean, because not only was he a huge animal, but I, he was a big bull. Right. You know? So that was pretty cool. We got to we got to take some pictures. We got to capture that moment um, with the whole crew. Everybody who was there supporting Jack's been there with Landon, been there with Ashton. But he's never been on a recovery of any of those animals. He had always had to leave prior to before we shot one. And um, for him to be there, for Pa, of course, to be there. Pa's been there. Uh, for He was right alongside us when Landon shot his bull in 2016. And he was there with us in 17. And, uh, yeah, so that was pretty special. Yeah, um, it, was, it was cool to watch. So... The other neat thing was that we were going to be able to get 
the side by sides to it. Yeah, <laughs> because yeah. we because of the fact that he died on that other road, Todd and um, and Jackie and Paul went back and um, and grabbed because they kind of looked at the maps as as to how that came back into the road structure and they could find how to get back to where we were at the top and and bring those down and and they uh you know by the time we did that we finished taking pictures with kelly and and uh and then uh you and i started getting on it and of course um you know he's a big animal yeah but we we had about half of it done by the time they got back and then they helped a little bit roll him over and they got him loaded up and and off we went I was glad that that Kelly was interested in that part too. You know, she she didn't dive in there and uh, you know get her elbows into the guts or anything like that to try to clean you know field dress the animal up. But she was willing to help out with it. You know, she didn't shy away from any of that stuff. Uh, she was asking questions. I think she was generally intrigued about the whole process of what it takes to take an animal like that and 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 break it down and make it one movable and then two that's the first process of turning that into your food right. so I'm, I'm glad she was able to to be interested in that part and we ran a risk with letting that bull sit but we didn't have a choice and the risk you run is it was what 83 degrees that day yeah i mean if we wouldn't have found that bull much if we would have found that bull much later we would have had a lot of spoilage yeah and um so we were able to get him broke down and and uh it's different here with this high humidity you don't get that skin uh that that you know develops by you know hanging them up and and letting them cool that way um i I guess it's because of the humidity what do you what do you think yeah it's just uh yeah i don't know just just super humid it doesn't happen as fast or um it's not as noticeable you don't get that skin over it i think one of the funny things is when we got back to camp we're trying to figure out what we're gonna do with this elk how we're gonna get this elk cooled down and um you were uh caping the head out uh then you were gonna green score it Uh, (laughs) todd takes me back into the back of this office again we're staying in a right next to an old mining office and in this mining office there's a pepsi machine (laughs) now it's not a pepsi machine like a vending machine it's a pepsi machine like you would go into a convenience store and open the door and there's these racks and there's pepsis on there and it has you know pepsi above the thing and and you would have you know cokes in there so it's like kind of like a fridge with racks and we plugged it in the compressor kicked in and immediately it started getting cool so what we ended up doing is boning that elk out and and uh, and putting it on the racks to cool, and it helped. I think it was a lot for that little cooler to try and cool down. We ended up taking that uh, to the processor the next day, getting it dropped off. Um, but we were right on that line of of whether or not we're gonna you know lose everything, yeah. you know, just because of how hot it was. But that was. That was quite exciting, uh, and that you know that's kind of the highs and lows of this hunt has been amazing. And that's 
that's what makes the memories. Yep. You know, because in the lows, you're you're low. You're you're super low. I mean, I was that last night of bow season, uh, walking down the hill, and after having made uh, number one, a pretty stupid call for how we set up to try and you know get an arrow in in a bull that last night of bow season and um and then the fact that i had missed an opportunity at a phenomenal bull you know greg you know that that day that i shot under him i just was kicking myself just really down and then to have that high of finding the bull after a a, a tough blood trail um these animals are are they're just they're just tough um so it, it's I mean it's just such great memories such what a great way to finish a you know a hunt with with uh, with Kelly so you guys got anything else to add to this portion well we're at uh, about an hour and 15 minutes but you want to talk about the history that we had with this bull oh before? that's that's a good that's point that's true yeah, yeah. Tanner, why don't you talk to us about first time we saw this bull? Uh, well, so after after we reviewed the footage after Kelly shot, um, I was looking at the looking at the bull, uh, kind of studying him a little bit, and he has a he has a huge it's a twenty six inch third on his right side, and it's split. It has a like a seven inch split on it and right away i remembered that bull from last year with ashton um that bull had been in the meadow where ashton killed his and and uh that was actually the the bull that we were trying to get on with ashton and it just didn't work out the ashton's bull and that bull kind of switched and ashton's bull ended up coming really a lot closer and that bull kind of stayed behind trees and stuff and uh so it was kind of cool uh to have a little history with him and, and to be able to get back on him but he's just a he's an awesome bull he's that third is wild that's you know some of the longest thirds i've ever seen on an elk uh, yeah probably the longest thirds i've ever seen you were long. pretty excited after you saw the footage <laughs> yeah and once it, i realized that and i i kind of i tend to uh remember antlers and stuff i just i like antlers so well and and if you if you've seen uh ghosts in the holler um which is last year's two-part episode with ashton uh, on outback outdoors um that's the bull that ashton shoots you actually see this bull because he's out a little bit further out in this meadow and um and he is well, you know, he—he—it's he, the exact same one. Yeah, he's impressive. He he's, is impressive. What did what did you end up green scoring that bull? Uh, right at three seventy. So he's he's close to that. He maybe an inch or two bigger, smaller. Um, we didn't exactly have a official Boone and Crockett measuring kit with us, so uh, did the best I could. But he's big. He's up there. Well, and, you know, not that the adventure is measured by the inches of antler, but, man, he is a beast. Yeah, yeah, he's a big bull.
as always, we encourage you to find your wild. We want you to go out and find what inspires you. If your wild's your uncle's uh, South 40 or, uh, or, or the Rocky Mountains, uh, if you live out west, go out, embrace it, and, uh, and enjoy what God's given you. Thanks for, for listening, and we'll talk to you soon.